Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gillan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our 52nd official episode. This morning, the Nets fired Kenny Atkinson to my dismay. I, <laughs> I was really upset. Not that I'm this huge Brooklyn Nets fan, but I just want to see every NBA team make good decisions. And in my opinion, this is a very bad one in that I, I, I'm disproportionately very pro-Kenny Atkinson. Like, he, like he, <laughs> he hasn't done anything like amazing in his NBA career. This is his fourth season. He's made the playoffs once out of his prior three seasons. He's going to make it again, even though this season has been a bit disappointing. But To I, no I, fault of his own. To, yeah, to no fault of his own. Uh, just going over his career numbers, I guess, for, for a coach. First season with the Brooklyn Nets was 2016-2017. He went 20-62. and 62. That was not his fault. The Brooklyn Nets were right after the whole Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Darren Williams age, in mm-hmm. which that uh, broke up in flames. So he went... 20 and 62. Next year he went 28 and 57 or uh, 28 and 54. Then last year was kind of like the prime year for Kenny Atkinson and the Brooklyn Nets. No one had them making the playoffs. They went 42 and 40. It was the most fun team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like passing the ball. I don't know if you you can say the same, but personally, like I connected with last year's Brooklyn Nets team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I like was like in love with them or connected with them super heavily. I think you have a little bit of a thing for D'Angelo Russell. I do have a little bit of a thing for D'Angelo um, Russell. I, yeah, I mean, more than anything, like I, I, I'm not sure how I really feel about like I think I think that Kenny Atkinson is a very solid coach. Um, I was at the Brooklyn Nets game last night. I watched them beat the Spurs by like well over 20 points. At one point, they were up by 31. That's how we got the bobblehead. Yeah, shout out Dr. J. It was like Dr. J night. I was one of the first 10,000 people there. I got a bobblehead. Pretty cool. Um, but I was really surprised to wake up this morning with the notification on my phone that said Sean Mar, or, sorry, that, uh, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets and Kenny Atkinson were mutually, had mutually decided to part ways or however they phrased it. Um, because they were coming off of essentially this week, Karis Levert dropping 51 points <laughs> in a win. And then the Nets being the Spurs who are kind of in playoff contention still by a sizable margin. Um, kind of a blowout. Whereas, like the whole fourth quarter, the Spurs were playing a lineup that had um, like Derek White, Keldon Johnson, and three guys I'd never heard of before. <laughs> like Keldon Johnson, yeah. I didn't even know he was on the Spurs. Um, oh, yeah. But it was like, it, so that was interesting. They basically played a garbage time lineup, lineup for like the entire fourth quarter. Um, but so sort of for that reason, I was like, well. That's a bit. That's a bit weird coming off that now. With when you decide to fire Kenny Atkinson, you're about to go into the playoffs. Um, yes, as you mentioned, it's a little bit of a disappointing season, but that's because you went and you and you signed Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and now they're not playing. Like that's not his fault. Yeah. yeah, and they're still the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're still having a very solid year. Even, There's no, I mean, even if they are twenty eight and thirty four, still like you've seen like some people still step up like Spencer Dinwiddie, some of the old guys from mm-hmm. last year, like Joe Harris. And just overall, I feel like there is a little bit of confusion. We saw this morning on Twitter when Woj said they're parting ways. Jared Dudley of last year's Brooklyn Nets team said, wow, with like 12 exclamation points. D'Angelo Russell put in an emoji with like no mouth saying like, I, I don't know about <laughs> that. Like, I don't know about that one. And then Damari Carroll, uh, who's now in the Rockets, said, Somebody has to explain why a great coach like Kenny Atkinson gets fired. Yeah, um, I was watching SportsCenter this morning, and you know I only watched for like 15 minutes while I was eating breakfast, and I'd say that about five of those minutes were them talking about Kenny Atkinson. 
um, and they and they got Woj on the phone. They brought him in, um, and his take on it was sort of that, or at least the way that he that he talked about it. He didn't really give much opinion. It was more so just like news reporting. It was breaking news at the time, I guess. Um, he said that it was a mutual decision to part ways because Kenny Atkinson and, and Sean Marks sort of like built this team back up. Sean Marks is the GM, obviously, built the team back up from that area that you were talking about where they had, you know, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and like zero picks. Zero. And, and they, they like reconstructed this team into an atmosphere that was compelling enough to earn them Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And so Kenny Atkinson has to be given some of the credit, but for whatever reason, the Nets decided, and, and I guess with Kenny Atkinson, uh, Woj made it sound like Kenny Atkinson actually was a part of this decision. It wasn't just mutually, dis- mutually, um, you know, like a mutual decision just by title. Like it was actually partially Kenny Atkinson's choice. Um, they felt like Kenny Atkinson, his voice had run its course. I'm quoting, run its course in the locker room. I don't know what that means. That makes it sound like that's very vague for one thing, but he sort of made it sound like Kenny, ha- Kenny Atkinson felt like he had done all that he wanted to do with the nets. And then it was time for him to go after the season. And they decided there was no, there, it was time for him to go. And there was no reason to wait till the end of the season. Confusing situation to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just general looking forward things. I want the Knicks to, Sign Kenny Atkinson as their head coach. I'm just putting it out there. We were both Knicks fans. I'm we on board are. with that too. Yeah, I, I think he's better than Mike Miller. Not to yeah, I don't. I, Mike Miller's been fine, but yeah, and I think he's going to be a hot commodity this offseason for mm-hmm. several NBA teams. Especially, Woj said this too that he's open to coaching a team that's not good and building them back up like he did with the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, the past three years there was a slow progression. It's which sounds very New York Knicksy to me. Mm-hmm. And another thing that that they talk about on Sports Center today is that opens up. This this problem that the Nets I mean I guess you can call it a problem it opens up the spot in in the Nets franchise where they're going to have to fill that spot with a championship caliber coach as in yeah. a coach who is going to be able to lead you to a championship and that is not there are not thirty coaches in the NBA that are championship caliber coaches yeah Kenny Atkinson in some weird way might not consider himself to be a championship coach I may or may not agree I like I don't really know you say you say the championship that Kenny Atkinson is a top 10 coach in the NBA. That would imply he's probably, he probably could lead them to a championship. I believe so. But I mean, this is sort of something that I might, I just came up with. It's a little theory, I guess that I have now. Kenny Atkinson might just not want to be a championship competing coach. He might think I want to be the kind of coach that's going to build cultures up from the ground, you know, up from the ground. And and, and I've done everything I wanted to do here with the Nets. And it's time for me to go do that somewhere else. Why why would you not want to be on a, now, <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie, like, it, like I the, really don't know. Every I, every person in the NBA is competitive. Yes. Uh, no, that's not to say that I don't think Kenny Atkinson wants to win a championship. I just mean that his aspirations and his goals with the Nets, when he when he was hired, were probably to get that team from twenty and sixty two to a perennial playoff contender, and he has done that. So he and the Nets might feel like Kenny Atkinson has done and, and exceeded all expectations that were set for him when he was hired. And now he's got a new course to follow and it's time for somebody else to take over to, to take the Nets that, to that last jump that they need when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are back. Yeah, I, I guess. And by it, the way, that is a big challenge, coaching Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It is, it is. And I was about to say, he seems, just from his coaching style, 
it almost works best with like last year's Nets team where you don't have like a top five player in the league on your team because if you have a top five player in the league on your team, you're gonna just have several several pl- like plays a game where you just give him the ball, let him go to work. Kenny Atkinson, on the other hand, mm. kind of gives me some Quinn Schneider, head coach of the Utah Jazz, kind of vibes in that in his offense. There's a lot of ball movement, which is not as conducive to Kyrie Irving and to Kevin Durant. There's a lot of ball movement. There's a lot of three-pointers made. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was one of the reasons why the Nets were so good last year. A lot of ball movement, a lot of threes. And I guess that might not be as conducive to to like a a superstar-heavy lineup. But I think just at the end of the day, if you do have two superstars on your team, no coach is going to disagree with that. Either way, I think... Kenny Atkinson is going to be a very fresh commodity on, on the open market. The Nets are going to have to get a better coach than Kenny Atkinson, or else this was just a horrible move, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see both where Kenny Atkinson ends up and who the Nets are going to take to replace him. Yeah. That's really the question that this opens up. From At this moment, we have yet to see how this will play out. It's a little bit of a questionable move in my eyes for both sides, as in Kenny Atkinson should be very happy where he is, and the Nets should be very happy with Kenny Atkinson. But we'll see. Yeah. And lastly, in my opinion, places where he could end up, I would say two main contenders, New York Knicks or maybe the Phoenix Suns, because they're also so young. Although Monty Williams has done a pretty decent job. All right, moving on to our second segment. This is a fun one. For the sort of for the first time, we're doing like not that we haven't really done this before, but we've done, we're doing sort of like a game between the two of us. And and we're gonna let you do this more with the fans in the future, but Unfortunately, we didn't really do it in time, and we don't usually have enough fan interaction on social media to fill up everything that we would, all the different spots that we'd like to cover for this episode. Which is why you should follow us on Twitter at Space the Floor. Please and do. On Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast. But we're going to be doing a game of Start Bench Cut. And if you'd like to see us do a sort of follow up to this, leave us some of your own, you know, like matchups or games like. In, in the comment section or, you on know, YouTube add or us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. Yeah. Let so, us know what we should do next. So if you don't know the rules of Star Bench Cut, it works like this. You give us three players. We do. We say, player A, oh, I, I want to start him. I think he's the best. He, he should be in the starting role. Uh, player B, he should be in the bench role. And that, that's not like a discredit to him. He's like the sixth man. Like, he, like he, he's still like a very good piece on your team. And then the third player, he can be good, he can be not so good, but he's the worst out of three. You don't want him on your team compared to the other two. You're cutting him from the roster. Mm-hmm. And so we have <laughs> we have a list in front of us that our friends have made that we have not seen any of them right now. These are brand new does. We just brand opened new. them up. And so I'm looking at the first one. Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, CJ McCollum, Devin Booker. This is this is one that's been like on the Twitter you know Twitterverse for the last couple of years honestly yeah or especially last season this one I would say um, I think I just think we've talked about this in the past I think that this one has become a lot easier for me this season I think that these three guys have distinguished themselves more clearly where I'm gonna start Devin Booker I think that he out of these three he has set himself apart as an offensive star close to superstar caliber um, I don't think that either the other two guys are at that are at that level and I don't think they have the defense to where they can like surpass him just based off his all offensive talent alone. I'm going to bench Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think that Donovan Mitchell, while he has more team wins, you know, and more team success so far than Devin Booker in his career, I just think that what Devin Booker has done in such a short period of time, his numbers, his efficiency, especially this year, 
is absolutely remarkable, but Donovan Mitchell is a relatively close second. Um, and then I'm gonna bench. I'm gonna cut CJ McCollum. Not no no hate on CJ yeah. McCollum, but I think that these two young guys have distinguished themselves to where at least this year they're playing. They're outplaying CJ McCollum, and I just think it's as simple as that. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's one A one B, and then C. I I, I think not not that CJ McCollum's a bad player. I th- I th- he's a great guy. I like his podcast. Um, it's good to see that players are going to, into journalism, but it like just because you're cut, that doesn't mean you're. Bad. It just means no. It does not mean yeah. you're bad. Like, mean, we're talking about three yeah. of the top shooting guys in the NBA. Yeah, and so I'm so on the fence about whether it's Devin Booker or Don Mitchell because I think Devin Booker has has a better package in that he can score mm. at all three levels. But I, I feel like Donovan Mitchell has more of that like blow viability, and I think he's somewhat of a better defender, even though he even though yeah. he's a bit shorter. Okay. So I'm gonna go start Donovan Mitchell, bench okay. Devin Booker. And cut CJ McCollum. This ba- Devin ba- Booker, based off of based the off- Suns and Jazz fan bases have beef over this debate. <laughs> Dude, they do so much. <laughs> but he, okay, here, here's my case. One, the thing I just said, the driving ability and the finishing ability, Donovan Mitchell's is superior. Not only at just dunking, I think he's a better finisher overall. Mm-hmm. Second, defense. It's not huge, and but I, I think that it's like a substantial thing, and obviously it helps that he's on a phenomenal team that defensively, like the Utah Jazz. Uh, but thirdly. I just think overall, like, we've seen him in big moments be that guy. And I think Devin Booker probably could be that guy as, as well. But just seeing... He, he's, been just, the, he's been the guy, but not in big moments. Or not as big of moments, I would say. I, I don't... Yeah, he, he's been the guy on meaningful winning basketball. Yes, that's and, true. And, 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 and just that can't see, be said and about seeing that, that first maybe. person, like, just kind of solidifies solidifies that for me. Not because mm-hmm. Devin Booker can't do that, but because we haven't seen it. And like when you talk about just other players like success versus individual stats, I think the whole individual stats or like empty stats thing, it can only be said if a, if a player has never won. If a player has won and then they're have, their team is having a down season later, you, we know that that player, he, he can show up in the big moments. But I, I just think that Donovan Mitchell for me, start, Devin Booker, bench, CJ McCollum, cut. Actually, I, I'm surprised to see that Devin Booker's numbers are down a little bit since the All-Star break. Um, so, uh, compared to last season, he's averaging like 26 points per game, which is 26.6. But his efficiency is up across the board. I'm still sticking with Devin Booker. Um, but I do think there's a case to be made for Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Start, bench, cut. Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. This one's a tough one because I feel like last season, it would be a clear Paul George... And then Bradley Beal and Jimmy Butler would be, be kind of close. Uh, yeah, okay. But I, I feel like last year I would have had an easy Paul George, then Bradley Beal, then Jimmy Butler. I think I think I'm sticking with that. Okay. I, I think I'm sticking. I think start Paul George, bench Bradley Beal, cut Jimmy Butler. I, I guess I, I mean, I'm very anti Miami Heat this year. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, like, I, I, I'm gonna say like let me let me get Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal the other way around. I think. Um, Bradley Beal, uh, just, just for this year, as in like, I, I can't put Bradley Beal over Jimmy Butler when Jimmy Butler is, I guess the Heat have actually slid back. They're, they're not as hot. They were the like, second seed in the, in the East. Like the four or five yeah. seed as of March 7th. But I really do think that, I don't know, like if, if you're looking at like MVP candidates this year, I think that Jimmy Butler is higher than both of these guys. That, that doesn't. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's a better player. Yeah. And um, obviously, Paul George has had the worst season out of out of these 
three. But just, I'm still going to start off of, Just based off of games played mm. and numbers. But I like Jimmy Butler's defense he, 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 a lot more he than he still had, He's still a better talent and performs better. Yeah. Like, like we, we're, we're not doing strictly just this season. Because I, I know that Paul George is still as good of a player as he was last year. Even if he's not showing it. Yeah. Um, I think that Jimmy Butler's a more proven player than Bradley Beal is. I mean, part of it is like... If I'm talking about just purely who's the more talented player, I might go Bradley Beal. But if I'm talking about like... Who do I want this year in the playoffs for winning basketball? I might have to go Jimmy. But you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with your pick of Paul George, Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler. I think that Bradley Beal has been unbelievable, and the fact that he wasn't even an All Star this year is it, it's a it's a crime. It's a crime. Yeah. Um, his his raw scoring ability from three from mid range. I, I do think that Jimmy Butler has been a little bit underappreciated at times this year, but also Bradley Beal is you could say the same thing. I don't just because yes. his team's not winning him because he's in. DC. Yeah, so we both have Star Paul George, Bench Bradley Beal, okay. Cut Jimmy Butler. These are good so far. I these like these. Are yeah. Very good. This one this one I think is easier. Okay, so Nikola Vucevic, Andre Drummond, Rudy Gobert, if you're Star not Bench st- Cut. If you're not starting Rudy Gobert, you're out of your mind. Yeah. You I have I, to be starting Rudy Gobert. I, I didn't process that until you decided. You have it. to be starting Rudy Gobert. Yeah, we that that's easy. Probably best defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. He's he's grown his offensive game to where even though he he doesn't really have like post moves or whatever he still like perfected the rim running role whereas like two years ago he still didn't really know where he was now he finds his spots he knows how to play off ball he knows how to kind of cut to the dunker spot right next to the basket just overall he he's become like not a he's become a plus offensively while being the biggest possible plus on defense and that doesn't compare that doesn't compare to either of Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond Talking about Andre Drummond and Vucevic, I think the okay. This is interesting. I'm gonna go start Rudy cut or start Rudy bench Andre Drummond cut Vucevic. I just I have a I have a special place in my heart for Andre Drummond's historic rebounding performance mm. because I think that even though that's like the least valuable to be like amazing at compared to like scoring or passing, it's it's so impressive. And I, 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 it just it, it takes my breath away. I, I'm just gonna say though that the, that the that the trade package that the Pistons got back in return from Andre Drummond would would <laughs> indicate that NBA GMs or you know the league as a whole is very not high on Andre okay, Drummond. He was also gonna be a free agent though. Yeah, and I, I was the one who made the argument that that package wasn't as bad as yeah. like, people thought, and you thought it was way worse than I did. Yeah. But but I just think that that is a little bit of an indicator that. The whole league basically thinks that Andre Drummond is like twenty years too late in the for the modern NBA. But you know? I think I feel like that trade package argument, the fact that Andre Drummond got traded for basically a bag of chips. I mean, that doesn't indicate it, it, how good of a yeah, player he yeah, is. That, that, There's it, a whole lot of circumstances. Yeah, and that's what that I was arguing yeah. in the in the in that in that trade video. But so like, I'm just using I'm using that I'm using that more so to say, also, his rebounding numbers don't tell the whole story because. He's a he's kind of a liability in the modern NBA that he can't shoot. Whereas Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert makes up for not being able to shoot by being arguably the single best defender in the NBA and getting to his spots offensively. I would argue better than Andre Drummond. Yeah, like Vuc- Andre Drummond's all of his points are coming off of like putbacks. Vucevic had a better season than Drummond last year. He's taken a slight step back in in my mm-hmm. book, just based off of numbers. Yeah, but. Overall, I, I think that Andre Drummond is still pretty decent at 
at, like rim running. He's a better. He's not a defensive liability like Vucevic is. He's not like he's not a, a great defender, but he's like yeah. he, he's fine. Whereas Vucevic hurts you on defense. Vucevic actively hurts you on defense due to his lateral quickness being non-existent, his inability to guard smaller players. And and the Magic like aren't really in the playoff yeah, conversation. Really. I mean, yeah, now, right. now, now they're with the Pistons, but so so if we were talking about Vucevic last year, I would have I probably would have taken him. I I, I think I'm going to go with Andre Drummond though here, um, because uh, like looking at uh, Vucevic's numbers this year, like you said, defensive liability, averaging under 20 points per game, 10 rebounds. And is like a league average shooter this year, thirty three percent. Kind of underwhelming. The Magic kind of suck. Injuries play a part, but yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go start Rudy bench Andre cut cut Vucevic. All right, so we agree. Next up, start bench cut De'Aaron Fox, John Morant, Shea Gilgis Alexander. We're talking about. I assume we're talking about today, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, For, because these are all young guys. Off rip, I'm going. Start De'Aaron. Whoa. Whoa. Start De'Aaron? Start De'Aaron Fox, yeah. Dude. What? What is so controversial? Start De'Aaron Fox. Bench Shea Gilch Alexander. Cut John Morant. Just for today. Because because I understand like the Kings have like not been the best team and, and Shea and, and Ja have been more like impressive team wise. But I think that De'Aaron's just ability to get to the rim, and I understand Jaw's Jaw has that too, but it's much less developed. I think start De'Aaron Fox because he brings like he brings pace. You can be the best transition team in the league when he's on your team. He can he can get to the basket at, at will. He's becoming a better passer, and he's a good defender. I, I think he's definitely a better defender than Jaw. Probably worse than Shea. Admittedly, I haven't watched that much Shea Gilgeous Alexander tape this year. But just based off of where he was last season and where he was this season, I have to start De'Aaron Fox. I think the skill level and the athleticism like almost combines what Ja and Shea bring to the table. I'm starting Shea Gilders-Alexander. Leading scorer on a 7th seed uh, Thunder team that is one win behind the Rockets. He's the best out of these three today, in my opinion. Um... Also, I was surprised to find that John Morant is now averaging 17.5 points per game, where he was averaging, I think, over 20 at one point this season. But his efficiency numbers are, over, are higher than De'Aaron Fox. His assist numbers are higher than De'Aaron Fox. Um, they're a better team right now. And, and I would say that, mm, I don't know, actually, that's not really true. He doesn't have less help, necessarily. But um, I think I'm benching John Morant and cutting De'Aaron Fox. Wow, really? So we, wow. Yeah. Honestly, like, yeah, I, I can see These starting three are Shea, close. These three are but, close. But g- give me your opinion for why De'Aaron Fox is lower than John Morant. Hmm. Um, explicate. I, I see John Morant as having um, a lot of... What you mentioned with, like, De'Aaron Fox in transition. His quickness, his ability to attack the rim... I think John Morant can do those things at a very similar level. He's a better three-point shooter. Feel like just thirty-one percent versus thirty-five percent. Um, I'm not sure what the attempts would say. Probably job by like a little bit would have more attempts. Um, I think that John Morant is a little bit bigger. Probably a little, a slightly like uh maybe De'Aaron Fox gets the edge defensively, but it's not by close. It's but it's not by much. Um, 
And, and I think that John Wright has better vision at this point. The, those I, two, I, I, those can two see that, I can see that John Morant has better vision. I might be buying into De'Aaron, like De'Aaron recency Fox, bias and that John yeah, Morant is the rookie he, that gets all the, he's he's gets even, all the he's Instagram even, posts. He's even more flashy, yeah. Yeah. But I think that he's he's more efficient than last year. He's shooting better from two-point range than last year. He's scoring more than last year. I'm talking about De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. And while the team is worse, they're also surging right now. They're, yeah. they're, they're playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. And... I, I just he's also he's missed a lot of games this season, so I haven't watched that much of De'Aaron Fox this year. Um, I've like watched more John Morant. Yeah, like obviously John Morant is what everyone's talking about. It's so like yeah, fine. But um, I just think yeah, I just think De'Aaron Fox can be. De'Aaron Fox can be that guy. So can John Morant. He's the best player on an AC team right now. De'Aaron Fox is maybe the best player on like a ten seed team. Whereas I I think that. There's already made that, that um, the Buddy Heald's better than De'Aaron Fox. Pro- he probably mean, isn't, I, I don't but, it's, agree. but it's close, right? I, I think there's a bigger difference between John Morant and the next Biscay, whether it be like Jaron Jackson Jr. or Jonas Valanciunas or whoever, than uh, De'Aaron Fox to Buddy Heald. I, don't, I, I feel like even then, like like the Grizzlies, they, they still have like a more complete team than, than the Kings in that they have like slightly more like vets whereas i feel like the kings like marvin um, bagley missed like half a season so far yeah Just, i guess so. and, like it, i don't know it's it's been weird you want like Dwayne deadman's calling for trades mm-hmm. and, and, and i just feel like it's the kings <laughs> um, yeah I, i'm gonna stick though with start shea bench jaw cut De'Aaron, and that's not because i don't like De'Aaron, because i would start those two over him. and i have start De'Aaron, cut shea gilds alexander I can't believe you're cutting Shea. No, no, no. So I misspoke. Okay, okay, Start De'Aaron Fox, bench Shea Gilds Alexander. Okay. Cut John Morant. That's slightly more respectable. Okay. <laughs> Start bench cut, Demontis Sabonis, Bam Adebayo, Clint Capella. Mm. What are your initial thoughts? Starting Bam. Mm, benching Sabonis, cutting Clint Capella. I um, actually agree. G- give me your reasoning now. Glenn Capella, I, I'm gonna address cutting him first. If I feel like that's maybe it's maybe it's a little bit. I, I think easy, that was the easiest decision. Yeah, um, I've made the argument in the past that like Clint Capella is a top ten center in the NBA. Yeah. I still probably you, do. You think claim that. that he's like this elite defender. I I do think well, I I think that he's a that he's a very he's a much better defender than you give him credit for. <laughs> um, but but I mean like he ha- I, I'd like to see him play on the Hawks before I put him over either of these two guys who I think are having incredible seasons and are all stars and have have really like solidified themselves as the future of the big man position in the NBA but also are great right now um, the two best players respectively on no 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 probably Jimmy Butler over Bam but it's very close very very good players respectively on competitive teams in the Eastern Conference. I I think that Clint Capella helped the Rockets a lot, maybe more than he gets credit for the last few years. But at the same time, the fact that the, that the Rockets are surging without him right now, but they, it, it sort like, of hurts my argument for that. Um, yeah. So so Robert Covington. Yeah. So I so I might be wrong about like I I made the I, I made the argument for Clint Capella being a top ten center based off of the idea that like okay even though he has a little bit of an easy job and that. All of his points are off of alley oops, and his defensive job is just like 
make James Harden look like cosmetically like decent, cosmetically right? Because decent. it's not it's not surprising that the Rockets' defense isn't elite, right? Because like they're not supposed to be; they're supposed to just outshoot you. Yeah. So all you have to do is just like make up for some mistakes. So I was like, not but not just anybody can do that job. But here we have six eight Robert Covington and six five PJ Tucker basically doing it for him. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna say that like. Clint Capella is a little bit one-dimensional compared to these other two guys. He's a lot less versatile. He can guard fewer positions. He can't, he can't create, do as much offensively. He can't create his own shot. Whereas, Whereas I, like, I, I think yeah. De- uh, Sabonis definitely can. Mm-hmm. I think Adebayo is a bit worse at it. But I and think create, creating, I, his own shot, creating your own but, shot. Yeah. But Bam Adebayo is a better passer and a better ball. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that bridge. But I think we can both agree, Clint Capella, tier below. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're talking about... Sabonis versus... Bam Adebayo is the best defender, best ball handler, and best passer on this list. I think that Demato Sabonis probably has a greater post-arsenal in terms of scoring. He's a better score. Okay, but so... For, for, Bam Adebayo for, also has more range. Okay, for context, uh, Sabonis on a Pacers team where he's getting the most shots, arguably, but it, it's very evenly distrib- distributed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, and like pretty much... Uh, n- oh... Oh my gosh. Oh, no, no, no. Oh my You're gosh. I'm looking at Bam. I'm looking yeah, at yeah, Bam. Yeah, yeah. I was like, five assists or something? Okay, Bam out of bio, 16 points, 10.5 rebounds, five assists. Meanwhile, Sabonis, 18.3 points, 12.4 rebounds, also five assists. That, that's like, that's surprising. That's surprisingly right? good for him. Yeah. yeah. I uh, wouldn't I mean, guess that. I would attribute some of that to the Pacers offense, but I would also attribute some so of Bam's assists heat, heat to offense. the Heat offense. So, I would argue, while Bam is still a better passer, I mm-hmm. think Sabonis is also a very good passer for yes. a big man. Okay. I also would argue that Sabonis is a better rebounder. We've we've like last year and this year, he's just better on the boards. It's it's twelve and a half versus just getting 10. more rebounds. Sure, 12, yeah. twelve and a half versus ten and a half, especially because Bam is playing center. Oftentimes, Sabonis is playing power forward next to Turner, who's also a great rebounder. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing who's more efficient. Um, 55% true suit. No, true Miles shooting. Turner's a horrible rebounder. That's, that is not true. That's, no, that is true. Miles Turner gets a lot of trash for being a bad rebounder. Is that true? Yes. Okay. For, well, a, for a center, Miles Turner's a very bad <laughs> rebounder. Okay. That's actually, yes, yeah, that's very wrong. Uh, really? He I, averages six and a half rebounds per game. Six, okay. 6.4 this year, 6.6 in his career. Okay, for okay. a 6'11 center, that's pretty yeah, bad. Honestly, I, I just pictured him like, he's like a good like, yeah, screen yeah. setter. Like, he, he, yeah, he, he, has, like, a, this, he has the Steven Adams build, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so overall, Bam's a bit more efficient, um, play better team, but he also has probably a better roster. So I, I, I think, yeah, I, okay. the only reason I'm going Bam is because of the defense. That's the, that's the breaking factor. I would argue that Sabonis is a better offense player. There's an argument to me, but yeah, but Bam Adebayo is the most versatile defender on this list and arguably the most versatile offensive player. I would make that argument on this list as and well. And this year, top five candidate for defense player of the year. Skills challenge winner? Skills challenge winner. Most versatile offensive player on the list. Well, Sabonis also went really far in that. That's true. Did they meet in the final? They might have actually. I, th- I think they did. Good that, list, Nick. That shows that shows where the league is going <laughs> for this. Okay, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, Luka Doncic. Start bench cut. Whew! Oh my gosh. Starting Luka. So so this is for today. Starting Luka. Yes, today. Always today. Agreed. Starting Luka. Starting Luka. Agreed. Superstar already. Starting Luka. This yeah, is that, where that, it's that, tricky. That's not a decision. Yeah. Jason Tatum versus Ben Simmons. Man. 
I, <laughs> dude, because they're so different types of players. And it's like, do you look at the whole season or do you look at the last month? No, you look. You that, look at the whole. You look yeah. At, no, I, I. don't mean that like literally. I yeah, just mean, I, I know. If you if you like very much focus on on like the on like the most recent part of Jason Tatum's season, if you just like turn a blind eye to what happened before Jason Tatum, like there's an argument made that he's even above Luca right now. But that's not a right. That's not a correct argument. But it's there. Also, you could argue Jason Tatum is more versatile than Ben Simmons. In, mm-hmm. in that, like Ben Simmons, you kind of have to like build your offense around him. So, because like, but in but order, in order, to, in order to activate what Ben Simmons brings to the table, he has to have a good offense. So, I, see, I think that might penalize him a little bit. Whereas Jason Tatum, he can play two, three, four. Well, I don't think we're talking about team building as much as just yeah, but who, like who's a better player? Who's a better but player? I, I think that Ben Simmons is the most unique. You have to build around this guy in the NBA in order to like maximize what he brings mm-hmm. to the table, which is. Uh, playmaking, driving to the basket, not being able to shoot. <laughs> yes. Um, my, my, I like Ben Simmons a lot. So I know you hard. do. This is hard I for know me. you do. I feel like th- this. Uh, this is so interesting because you could also, you could also have the same player if you choose, like Jason Tatum. You could say today and Jason Tatum for the future, or if you say Ben Simmons today, you could also say Ben Simmons for the future. These two guys have so much potential. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, while you think I'm gonna say Ben Simmons I'm gonna bench. Give me your reasoning. Ben Simmons best defender on the list, without question. Most yes. versatile and just like best perimeter defender, best post defender. He's huge. He's six ten. He passes arguably better than anybody on the list, but I'm probably giving the edge to Luca. But I, still, I, I think Ben Simmons is a better passer than Luca. Yeah, maybe right now. Okay. Yeah. Luka has more flashy passes. Yeah, but that doesn't, but that mean, doesn't mean, mean he's better. Not yes. better. Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, okay. Incredible passer, incredible defender, incredible transition offensive player. Has work to do in his half court offense, but I think that everything else that he does is so freaking good that it's like you have to give him a little bit of a, you know, like asterisk next to the fact that he can't shoot. Yeah. He's a special case. I'm gonna go Jason Tatum. Uh, I, I I can't and even fault you for that because, because he's been because so good recently. The biggest thing is is half court offense mm-hmm. because that's where most of the game is played, and that's in where, the playoffs. In the playoffs and in general, I I think in general, that, that's I where think half that, court, like most of an NBA basketball game is not transition. Mm, yeah, probably. even even as yeah. pace increases, it's still mostly half court, and I think that J, like it's also harder to score in the half court obviously than when it's three on two mm-hmm. or two on one in transition so while ben simmons is like top three best transition player in the league like he he like dominates transition but like most other skilled players are also pretty good in transition just like jason tatum yep. from three in transition whatever um also in the half court i just think the value of jason tatum creating his own shot in terms of he's gotten better as a finisher as this year has progressed he can hit the mid-range, obviously, even if it's less efficient, and he can the three. He can score on all three levels. I, I'm gonna say that Ben Simmons was until like very recently was like, I would this would have been a pretty comfortable Luca Ben Simmons Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is like bumping Ben Simmons in the back, like yeah, knocking on his door, for me. 
I need to see Jason Tatum continue this through the rest of the season, and then he's got that spot, right? Yeah, like, I think just just close it off, finish it off. Like, and also, if Jason Tatum had the defensive capabilities of Luka Doncic, meaning that if he had worse defensive capabilities, I might go be, Ben Simmons. Okay, yeah, because Jason Tatum has Jason been Tatum's a, a very solid defender. He, he's been an above average defender this year. I, I would argue he's been like a very good defender, actually. Like, uh, like when, when I mean above average, I mean good. Yeah, yeah, like, like. Like a very good half court defender. Yeah, and so there. Like you go. on the perimeter. Yeah, there you go. He can shoot all three levels. He can create his own shot. He's getting better at just like, give me the ball. Get I'm getting you a bucket. Mm. And that's why I'm going. Start Luka Doncic, Ben Jason Tatum, cut Ben Simmons. Although it kind of hurts. All right. Next one: Kemba Walker, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard. Start bench cut. You're you already gonna, know you're gonna, new, start really, yeah. you're gonna start Dave. You're gonna start Dave. I'm with right. you. I'm gonna start Dave and Lillard too. Start Dave and Lillard. Okay, we can agree on that. You know I like my point guards you can shoot. Next up. Bench, I'm going Kemba Walker. Mmm. Mmm. Russell Russell Westbrook, I'm gonna cut. <laughs> and we 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 have some Russell Westbrook hate hate on this. Although I I've Dude, I, it, it's so he, he's so inconsistent and my feelings toward him are so inconsistent because I watched two Rockets games the past like ten days or something. The first one, I, the, the, the first one, yeah, I was like, I know the, first, exactly. the first one, I was like, wow, Russell Westbrook's tearing it up, like, like wow, like the court is so open, he can just attack his guy. I think it was like the Lakers or the or the, no, it was, it was the Rockets Celtics game that went to overtime. He was like, wow, he's tearing, he's tearing these guys up, he's just attacking them, it's great. And then I watched him, I forget who it was. Uh, I think, it, oh, it was the Clippers. They were, like, down, like, 30. And part of it was because they couldn't buy a three-pointer. They went, like, some, like, like five for 42 or something from three. But he, it was so infuriating. He just, he would just hijack possessions and go to the rim off of one foot and just try to scoop it in off, like, against, a, like, a good defender. I, I, like, that's just, like, wasted possessions for me. Because, it, dude, I'm, I'm the biggest proponent of going off of one foot versus going off of two. Mm. And Westbrook like, leads the league in, like, going off of one foot, and that's why his field goal percentage at the rim is low. This year, yeah. No, no, in, in general, the past, really? like, two, two or three years. It's, okay. It's just proportionately low. Do you know the two, the three highest people? Giannis? No. Oh, sorry, in terms of guards. Oh. Uh, I forget the order, but I think that last year, Kyrie, Curry, CP3. And they, they, they are all, like, very, like, high percentages of going off of, like, two feet. And those guys aren't guys who dunk. Those aren't guys who dunk. Yeah, those are not guys who dunk. Russell um, does. Okay, I'm with you starting game. Agreed. I'm going to have to bench Russell and cut Kemba. Tell me why. I, 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 I have been saying since his MVP year, since all of it, like, people are like, okay, Russell Westbrook is the best player in the NBA. He's the top three player in the NBA. I always say... I think that Russell Westbrook plays super ugly basketball. I do not, I do not, like, I can be watching Russell Westbrook drop 35 points, and I don't enjoy it for a second. I'm like, this game, this is ugly to watch, and I just, every time Russell Westbrook touches the ball, I just, like, want it out of his hands. I panic. Bro. I don't, I don't like it, because I just think that, like, he plays the game so out of control, but yet, it's like, and with such, like, ferocity and intensity, it, he always seems out of control to me, and, like, just like he's playing 20% too hard for his own good. <laughs> I don't really know how I even put it into words, but but my, but my eye test always tells me Russell Westbrook is not as, as good as his numbers suggest. But at the same time, Russell Westbrook is leading to wins. He's putting up good numbers. He's efficient since he stopped shooting three-pointers. 
he's just good. He, he just is good, and I can't <laughs> deny that as much as I want to. Fire as much argument. As, as he's much as, good. <laughs> as much as every instinct of my body tells me that watching <laughs> Russell Westbrook pisses me off, he's good. Like, he just is. And, and he's better than Kemba Walker. He's averaging 27, even though I don't, he's even, averaging 27 and a half. Even though I don't like, I, I like Kemba Walker more than I like Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is a better player. This is also, in terms of a f- effective field goal percentage, this is his most efficient season since his MVP season. Yeah. he and He's doing special things right now. Yeah, and I understand that. However, he's averaging 27.5, 8 rebounds, and 7, and seven assists. Mm-hmm. Kemba Walker, on the other hand, has worse numbers. I'll be the first to admit that. He's averaging 21.5 points per game. Five assists per game, four rebounds per game. Russell Westbrook is the better rebounder. He's probably the better passer, um, and I I think Kemba Walker is the better scorer, even though even though Westbrook's averaging six more points per game than he is. And the reason for that is because Russell Westbrook and it's James Harden, then no one else scores unless mm-hmm. unless Russell Westbrook or James Harden are getting them an assist. Yeah. Whereas Kemba, Kemba Walker is in Brad Stevens' heavy motion offense. We I, I'm pretty sure Kyrie Irving when he went to Boston his his points uh went down as well. I'll check that for you. Um thank you. But I think that just having Gordon Hayward, having Jason Tatum, having Jalen Brown all on your team who can who are guys who can create their own shot are are like takes away from his scoring totals while not necessarily kind of enhancing his scoring totals because they're also creating their own shots. And slight drop off for slight, Kyrie. Okay. But not in, in, in general, not Brad Stevens' offense, mm-hmm. a lot of ball movement, not a lot of ISO. That's why him and Kyrie didn't necessarily see he that. He also eye, went from eye playing eye. with LeBron to playing on that motion offense, though. So. Yeah. Um, and I guess also Kemba Walker was last year he averaged almost 26 points per game. He was the only guy. So we we know like he he can get get up there. Yeah. Um so my, my argument is that Kemba Walker is a top 5 to 10 three-point shooter in the league in that he can he not only does he have the catch and shoot like a Duncan Robinson but he has the off the dribble ability. <laughs> I love that Duncan Robinson is the model for catch and shoot shooters right now. He, he is. He's leading the league in Screw Clay Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> he's leading the league in uh catch and shoot threes per, made per game with 3.2. Shout out to him. Yeah, but just my argument for Kemba Walker, he can create his own shot like Russell Westbrook can, but that shot can also be a three, which is mm. more efficient than Russell Westbrook's mid-range twos. Uh, he can... He but can, Russell Westbrook's cut down on those, I think. He still shoots them. I, 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 as somebody who, like, fumes, like, <laughs> schemes from the ears when Russell Westbrook shoots mid-range jumpers, you're seeing it's that It's pretty less. much, yeah, it's pretty much just like he gets it on the three-point line, he either... He pretty much just pump fakes and attacks the rim going 120 miles per hour when and either just like goes through people to try to finish or passes out. Keep in mind, for the season, he's still averaging 3.8 three-pointers per game. Attempts? Yeah, attempts. And he's making but, but one. It, I just I was keeping an eye on your Kemba Walker stat sheet. 8.8 three-point attempts per Kemba. More than twice as much. So. Three-point attempts, exactly. Because yeah. he's that good at shooting threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but my point is, like, like three-point attempts per game. First of all, like, in the last no, I'm, whatever... No, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, that's, a, that's a lot for Russell Westbrook based off of he's shooting 25% from three. 
I mean, Kemba check, Walker, on the other hand, compared is, to like, the rest of his it, career. Okay, but Kemba, it, it's slightly, it's slightly below average. Yeah, and but, but Kemba and Walker, that, the other hand, he he's shooting nine a game. He's done that the past three years, and he he's shooting thirty eight percent from three, which is a phenomenal for that for that like great volume mm-hmm. of three point, and especially because a lot of that is off the dribble threes. And this year, he's getting more catch and shoots, which is why his percentage is even higher. But I just think that his shooting ability, his ability to break guys down, he has a sharper and tighter handle than Russell Westbrook does. And he he it's it's not like we're talking about like a, like Russell Westbrook versus like like Luca or some like other like slow guy who's good. Like like Kemba Walker is also like in that elite tier of speed. I just think that it's a little bit of a lost cause trying to trying to say that Kemba Walker is better than Russell Westbrook because I just think that Russell Westbrook, as much as I don't like him, is one of the most talented players in the NBA. It's pretty hard to debate that, I think. Maybe, I guess me and you just, like, don't see eye to eye on that. But I just, like, I just think that, like, Russell Westbrook as a player, it's pretty hard to argue that he's not, like, he's a former MVP. He's Three a perennial ago. all-star. Barely made it this year. Or Kemba Walker was the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but a part of that was also, like... East-West disparity. I understand. Mm-hmm. And he sucked at the beginning of the season. Like, I'm not even going to deny that. I didn't even have him on my all-star list. But since then, he's, like, okay, absolutely but, blown yeah, up. Yeah, but that that's also, like, you didn't pick Jason Tatum, even though in the past month he's been amazing. I had Jason Tatum on my all-stars. No, 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 I'm saying for, for Star Bench Cut. Ah, yeah, but Russell Westbrook's been doing it for longer. Fine. But okay. Yeah. Either way, and also I just think this is a I think this is a more clear de- clear cut debate than Benson versus Jason Tatum. Okay. Start Damian Lillard, bench Kemba Walker, cut Russell Westbrook. Start Dame, bench Russ, cut Kemba. All right. Our last start bench cut: Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns. We've discussed this like twenty times on here. So if if you want to go back and do that, I'll I'll leave a card on YouTube. Uh, go go go, <laughs> go check it out. But bottom line, just give a very concise argument for for where you stand on this. I think that this is a big moment for us. Yeah. Because I am switching my opinion. Really? I hope I hope in favor of Nikola Jokic. It's well, I, I guess it's not technically switching my opinion because in our episode I had uh, Jokic as a two A and Carl Anthony Towns as a two B. But mm. now I'm going start Embiid, bench Jokic, cut Carl Anthony Towns. Whereas in the past I've been like the biggest cat supporter. Yeah. On, on this on this show, um, and d- that's just because Jokic has he's, has had a, an amazing second half of the season. Um, he's <coughs> he's Im- he's improved defensively. I'm convinced that he's just like not a defensive super liability anymore. He's not. And and yeah. and his his scoring has picked up too. Meanwhile, Cat. His scoring is. I think. I think Cat is still the best scorer on this list, just in terms of raw scoring. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I and it, he's a better rebounder than Jokic too. I, I just think Jokic brings more to the table because he's good at everything. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going. So you don't have to convince me that Jokic. Yeah. 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 So th- that's my rationale for Jokic over Cat. Um, now my rationale for Embiid over Jokic. I think. Defense is the number one answer. Defense, Jokic and Cat have like ten point two and ten point eight rebounds per game. I think the rebounds are like basically okay, the same. But, but historically, Cat has been a phenomenal rebounder. He's at, he, okay. He's he's been like twelve per game, I think, for the past few years. Um. Yes, 12, 12, 
uh, rebounds per game for the past three years before this yeah. season. Okay. Um, so regardless, that's my reason for Jokic over Cat. Still love you, Cat. I hope I hope you get to the playoffs <laughs> one day. I, I would like a Carlton Towns jersey. Now, noted. Talking about <laughs> Joel Embiid versus Jokic. I had Joel Embiid defense, defense, defense. I I said. Jokic isn't this liability anymore. He's still, like, not good. He's still, like, meh. Whereas Jokic, or whereas Embiid, Joel, yeah. is, is a top three defensive player in the league. His his, his on-off number, maybe top five. His on-off okay. numbers defensively, I ridiculous. I don't agree with top three defensive player in the league. I do agree that he's defensive player of the year candidate. That, that's what but, that means, though. <laughs> no, because the, the best defensive players in the league aren't necessarily defensive player of the year candidates. Yes, they are. No, because because your defensive your defensive metrics as in your defensive numbers can indicate that you're like as in a very good team de- defense helps your case um, for its player of the year. As in Ben Simmons being uh, being an elite defender very much helps Joel Embiid's case for defensive player of the year because it makes the Sixers defense look incredible, just like on paper their defensive yeah, numbers in general. Okay, that that's but, a fair point. But I think either way. I think he's like t- top five, fine. Okay. Top, uh, top I, five mm, defense player yeah, of the year. Yeah, probably. Honestly, his his on off number is defensively ridiculous. Like they, that that's the reason why. Like even even if the 76ers sometimes have been better offensively when Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, when only one of them is on the court, they're so much of a better team when Embiid is on defensively. That being said, he's also the best post player on this list by far. He's the best post player in the NBA, except for maybe Anthony Davis. And just overall, I think just like what he brings to the table, he can also stretch the floor like Jokic can. He's a better three pointer than Jokic is, and I think just overall better, better all around offensive game, and much better defender. So that's that's where I stand on it. You think Joel is better all around offensive game? Yeah, just because I th- I think he is the best post def- post player besides maybe Anthony Davis. You just said that. Carl Anthony Towns is the best offensive player on the list. He's the best scorer. The best scorer, yeah, okay. Or best scorer, yeah. So you think that jo- Joel Embiid's a better post scorer than Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, I do. So because, Carl because Cat, better... Cat is but, shooting like 40% okay. from three. All right, all right. That, that, that's where I stand. Okay. You're wrong that, that Nikola Jokic is a better is, is not as good of an all-around offensive player than as Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic, while, pre- while not the best sco- post scorer on this list, I actually think... There's an argument to be made that he's better than Joel. That's just me. Like, Nikola Jokic's turnaround jumper is elite. Um, he's a big boy down there. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I like Nikola Jokic so much. There's going to be some bias. This is just you like it's just how it works. You weren't wearing your shirt? I'm not wearing my Nikola Jokic shirt, unfortunately. But um, I didn't know he was going to be on here. Um, <laughs> I, I think that he's, like, one of the best passers in the league, period. I think he's one of the best passers in, like, arguably league history and like that's not just big men that's just like in general um i can see that yeah yes i i think that that he's a better post scorer than you give him credit for i think that his post his like his his point numbers don't really give him give him give enough credit to like how good of a score he actually is is and he doesn't actually score that much but that doesn't mean he doesn't have the ability um it just he's not a high volume scorer even though like his game winners are always like super impressive because he just like always manages to get ov- open even though he's like chubby and slow. Um, but he's he's actually in shape now, so uh, 
in shape, meaning like in shape for Jokic. Like not out of shape. <laughs> yeah. <for Jokic. laughs> Less out of shape than he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, so I'm starting Jokic, in case I didn't make that clear. I'm starting Jokic. I think he's incredible offensively. Like you said, not a defensive liability. Um, I just think there's something so special about the way that like he'll grab a rebound and just like fling it full court. Like there was, I, I forget who it was even against, but there's, there's a play yeah. that like didn't even get make it to highlights. I don't think like, like highlight pages <laughs> or whatever. He literally just grabs the rebound, turns around and like fires a bullet pass on the dot to Gary Harris, who just catches it and puts up a layup yeah. without even dribbling. With, and you shouldn't even stop to like look up court. He just knew exactly where he was, caught it, threw it. Now, that's not the old. Like that's not enough to just like put him over <laughs> he, Joel he is Embiid. The best player. That's not, that's not the. That's not a reason to put because him over Joel Embiid or Kyrie Towns. But that that sort of represents a lot of what his game is as a whole. I think he just like he just is like the engine that makes the Denver Nuggets go, and the Nuggets are so good in the regular season. We'll see about the playoffs. <laughs> They're so good in the regular season. Um. But it, Joel, Embiid, yeah. Joel Embiid is a better defender. Jokic is a better defender than Cat, in my opinion. Cat's probably the best scorer on this list. I'll give you that. And Joel Embiid is probably a more dominant player in the post in general than Nikola Jokic is. Um, but I'm starting Jokic, benching Embiid, cutting Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, and I am Joel Embiid's numbers this year actually aren't as good as they were last year, which is part of the, that hurts his case for a little bit in my eyes. Yeah, but for me, I just. We we know where he is as a talented player. It's not like he's mm, falling okay. off. He's like twenty six. That's a good he's argument, actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, starting Joel Embiid, benching Nikola Jokic, and cutting Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, Joel Embiid has the sexiest numbers on the on the, on the list. Sexiest? Yeah, he's got like twenty eight points per game and yeah. fourteen rebounds. Like, 14. he's a monster. Yeah. Or no, sorry, last year it was twenty eight yeah. points per game and fourteen rebounds. This year yeah. it's twenty three and. 12 um which is still obviously very good it's yeah. just not the same you know yeah um but uh, yeah but i i i'm going with i'm going I, I feel pretty good about all my orders here thank you to nick and Vinny for putting this list together for us yep. Shout out it was to actually them. a lot of fun yeah and thank you so much for listening to this episode of space floor nba podcast we hope you enjoyed if you're listening on youtube like and subscribe if you're listening on apple Podcasts, leave a review follow us on instagram at Space the Floor Media Podcast and at Twitter on Space the Floor. And thank you so much for watching. Uh, my name is Connor Gillen. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Uh, shout out to the Bobbleheads. We're growing an army. <laughs>